Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. So this morning, church, we have an awesome treat in store for us. Uh, we have uh, Pastor Brady Rice here with us this morning. And uh, every time, yeah, let's give him a praise. Every time... Uh, Every time he, uh, he comes to the church, he gives an amazing word. Uh, he's got over 40 years in ministry serving God. I know that's a tough, it's a tough thing even serving God sometimes even for, uh, for a year. But for 40 years, he's been faithful to God. And I know that he's a, he's a friend of our church. And I know that he's a, a pastor and a mentor to our very own pastor. And so would you do me a favor and give a very warm welcome to Pastor Brady Rice. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie, and thank you. Um, Really, it's always uh, an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you. And uh, my wife and I are so uh, uh, always excited to be able to come to the calling and and see friends uh, down in the flatlands. Uh, (laughs) uh, We live up in Crestline, up in the mountains, and so... uh, We've been enjoying uh, dodging fires, but we've managed to dodge them all, so that's good. And, uh, and, we're, and we're excited. I can't tell you how excited I am this morning for what God has in store for us today. So I want to ask you to do this. Let's start by just bowing our heads and asking God, Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. And Father God, you know how important I feel what you put on my heart is for each and every one of us to understand. And God, I ask you to allow me to share what you put on my heart in clarity without distraction. And I ask you, God, to prepare hearts to receive what you would have them to hear and see what you would have them to see. And give us wisdom to understand what you're saying And give us courage to do what you're asking us to do this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Well, the title of my message today is Finding Our Way. Uh, Waymaker, miracle worker. What a perfect song. Thank you. And um, and it's finding our way is actually, you know, they, the, the class after. Finding what God has called us to. Finding our purpose. That is, that is the most important thing. And we're going to look at it. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at Jesus' final teaching to his disciples from the book of John chapters 14, 15, and 16. They're powerful, and and I want you to look them up. In the Bibles we give out, they're on page 736. And if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. I got one for you. Here you go. And there's a couple more down here, guys, right here. And turn to page 736. That's where we're going to be, and we just thank God for what he's going to do. 
I want to start with John 14. And to set this up, Jesus has just told his disciples that he's going away again. He's told them again, not that he's going away again, but he's going away. And he said, you're not going to be able to come with me at first, but then you're going to come. And Thomas, in chapter 14, verse 5, says this, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus replied, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except except through me. And then in verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, not just me, another one, to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. But you know him. He is with you, and he will be in you. You know him. I see those looks. I don't know if I know him or not. And you know his voice. I don't know that I've ever heard his voice before. Yes, you have. You absolutely have. You know how I know? Because you have sit in this place or somewhere else, listened to your TV or radio. You've heard somebody say something that you have never, ever heard in your life but you know it, and you know it's true. You know how you know it? Because you know God's voice. That's who God is. That's he's the one that says, I've never heard that before, but I know it. I know it's true. That's God's voice. That is the voice we need to learn. That is the voice we need to hear. When I was... Young and skinny and good looking. <laughs> I met this lady here sitting on the front row. And, uh, and she gave me the honor of marrying me. Now, I married into the most spiritually powerful family I've ever known. Her family. Her, our family gatherings were revivals. <laughs> it was amazing. The matriarch of the family was uh, Grandma uh, Lottie, Grandma Lottie, and uh, and then the patriot was Uncle JB, and they would always lead prayer at the end of the gatherings, and it was always really, really special. When we got married. Uncle JB, who is an international evangelist, did our service, did our ceremony. And he pulled me aside 
and says, son, last night when I was praying, God said, I'm giving you Brady as your son. I know you already have a son, Terrell, and you will continue to be a father of him, but just like Terrell, Brady's going to be your son. And he told me that day, he said, I'll always be there for you. I'll always be here for you, and you can count on me like you would a father, as a father. And I'm telling you, what a blessing that was. You know, Uncle JB always told me this. He said, if you're not hearing from God, the problem's not on the sending end. said, the problem's not from the sending in. You're not hearing. Then, this brilliant thing he always did, all my married days, is he would call me randomly. I never knew when he was calling. He would just call, say, God put you on my heart. He would talk a little bit, but he would always ask this question. Every time, I knew it was coming. He would say, what's God saying? Now, I knew that if I didn't have the answer, it's because I'm not listening. (laughs) So I lived my entire adult life listening and learning God's voice because I did not want to disappoint that man who I love so dearly. I had recently in last, uh, well, September, when I saw him last, he just turned 90. And uh, this is a guy that you hear about, but you never really meet. He's a guy that prays literally six hours a day. He would lay prostrate on the floor, crying out to God with his with his forehead resting on his arm, and he literally has a scar here on his forehead from those hours and hours and hours of crying out to God. And I knew he always prayed for me. And the last time I saw him in September, he told me, he said, son, I'm I'm ready to go home. His wife, Aunt Deanie, passed a little over a year ago, He said, I miss her so bad, I'm ready to go home. And I said, Uncle JB, I know you are, and I want you happy, but every time I think about that, I feel very exposed. And he looked at me like, what do you mean? And I said, Uncle JB, you're my covering. And he smiled. He says, that's right, son, I've always covered you. But see, Jesus, I got a feeling that's how his disciples felt. He's going to leave them now, and they're feeling exposed. But he says, I got you covered. I've got you covered. And so to hear, for me to learn the voice of God, I had to learn to listen. I would read the Bible look like most people would, looking for a map. Where do I go? Which way do I go? What do I need to do? 
And I stopped doing that. I had to stop doing that. And I started reading the Bible, listening for a voice. Now, folks, I just said something there. (laughs) We need to learn that voice. And you know what? When I read the scriptures, it's not always what the scripture says. Sometimes it's what it don't say. (laughs) Because I'm listening. It's not always what they did. Sometimes it's what they didn't do. God's speaking. God's speaking. He's always speaking. Let's continue. He said, I'll send, ask the Father, and he'll send you the Holy Spirit. Now, when we are looking and seeking God to find his answers in his way, one of the things we need to, to hear from God is one of the things that um, we all do. Uh, my grandson is here this morning. Elliot, he's my oldest grandson. No, you can stay there, not yet. You can come on down and sit next to Canna, but, but I, I'm not ready for you yet. He is so good looking. <laughs> and... Uh, and one of, the, uh, one of the greatest toys ever invented was Legos. Our kids, we have eight grandkids, and our, and our kids can spend hours on Legos. And I remember one time specifically, after a long Lego session, and Canna and Papa, we have a a big chest full of Legos. And when a long session, Elliot brings me a creation. He has worked so hard on it. And I look at it and I go, wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, What is it? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Have you ever looked in the mirror? say, God, what am I here for? Why did you put me on this earth? And you know what? Elliot never hesitated. He told me exactly what it was. He told me exactly what he made it for, what it would do. And he said, Papa, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. When I finish, it's going to be this, 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 and this. That's how our creator looks at us. Your creator knows what you're created for. He knows what you're supposed to do. You are here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. All right. Let's go back. See if I can get back on track here. One of the things your creator wants you to know is one of the things that I want my grandkids to know. I always ask them the same question 
every one of them. The three-year-old can answer it, and hopefully the 11-year-old can answer it. Come here, Elliot. Stand up here and look at all these people. Elliot, what do you know? You love us. What? What do you know? You love us. That's right. You know that Papa and Canna love us. And I asked any of my grandkids, what do you know? Papa and Canna love us. Because we do. Here's what God wants you to know. I love you. I love you. Jesus loves you. You're loved. I want my grandkids to know that my love is not dependent on their performance or their accomplishments or what they do or don't do. My love is unconditional. I love them. It's not based on what they do or what they say. How come we can't receive that love from God? Because that's how he loves us. So many times I hear, I need to get right so I can get back in. Well, well, wait, no. God is waiting for you. You don't have to get anything right. He is waiting for you. Let's look back at our scripture. One of the things that hinders us from hearing God's voice is that we're looking for the big. We're looking for the big things. What is my purpose? And we want to see the whole layout. What am I supposed to do? And we're looking for the big. Elijah had this problem. And I want to look at his story in Kings, 1 Kings 19. And it says this. And the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. The Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore apart the mountain and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in there. We're from Florida. We know hurricanes. Then, after the word, the wind, there was an earthquake. Since we've been in California now 21 years, we have learned earthquakes. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. Dear God, we have learned about fires. But the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire came a still, small voice. You see, God 
is still in the small. He can make it big, but we hear him in the small. One of the um, scriptures, sometimes God's put stuff on your heart and you just can't spit it out. It just won't. Is this, complete this scripture for me. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom much has been given, much is required. To whom much blessings come, more blessings is demanded. That doesn't seem fair, does it? Really, we get blessed. I mean, and we are all blessed. We're blessed to be in this place this morning. We're blessed to be in the United States of America. We're blessed. I am really blessed to have eight grandkids, beautiful, awesome grandkids. I am blessed to have three perfect children who are all happily married and amazingly blessed to have Karen as my wife and married into her family. It's blessings. But with that comes responsibility. With that comes demands. Now, one of the things that I do is I, I'm a coach and a shepherd, and I meet with people. And one of, the, one of my partners, I don't call them clients, they're partners, because we try to find God's way. I help them, they help me, is a gentleman who I have no idea why he wants to meet with me, but he does. But he's extremely rich. Extre- I mean, guys, this guy, you, you ever heard of Smokey and the Bandit? This guy owns the Bandit. He's got a black rebuilt Trans Am convertible with red leather interior, four-speed with a chromed-out 400-whatever engine. It's a beautiful machine. He's got a Maserati. He's got a red Corvette. He's got a poster in his office that said they don't write songs about Volvos. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a pickup truck. He's got a boat in Dana Harbor. He owns a beach house, amazing beach house in Laguna Beach. This guy's got it all. And I told him the other day in our meeting, I said, God's put you on my heart because of this scripture. To whom much is given, much is required. And his eyes teared up. I was strumming his guitar all of a sudden. I said, I know you get asked constantly for money. I know you can't trust people because they're always, you you feel like the only reason they want to be around me is because they want my money. I know you've had pastors invite you to dinner to get to know you better, and it turned into a plea for more money. And it hurts. It's painful. I understand He said, Pastor, you don't know the half of it. He said, I'm on blood pressure medication. 
I'm on anti-anxiety medication. I'm on antidepressant. I know what you're talking about, to whom much is given and much is required. And this was, this was two weeks ago. And I'm hurting. And I said, I said, brother, listen, without God, I can do nothing. And neither can you. But listen, God wants you to figure it out. And he's speaking to you. And I think you're listening for the big thing. And he's speaking to you the small thing. Last week, we met. He said, Pastor, you're not going to believe what happened. Oh, tell me. That means God's done something. He said uh, his daughter, who is a teacher, a little over a year ago, she got her credentials. She taught for a year in the public school system. But her husband, and this is the way it works, her husband is the nephew of an heir. I won't say what it is, but she's worth three or four billion dollars. Billion with a B. And she told my friend's daughter, I don't like the private school I'm sending the kids to. I don't trust them. I want you to homeschool my kids. So that's what she does. She homeschools this heir's kids. And, when, and she's pregnant with her second child. They've got a little two-year-old. Now she's pregnant again. So, you know, it's challenging. you got a two-year-old and you're pregnant and you're working. It's all that. And I'm, I'm not expecting you to feel sorry for these people. <laughs> but... but this will really make you feel sorry for her. She texted her mom Wednesday morning and said, it's going to be a long day. Why, honey? I didn't get my coffee this morning. <laughs> well, the place where she meets the kids to teach is pretty close to her mom and dad's house. So her mom goes to her dad and said, my friend, and said, your daughter didn't get her coffee this morning. Why don't you be super dad and take her a cup of coffee? So he did. They made her a cup of coffee. He took it to her. And so he's walking up, and billionaires with school-age kids have security guards. And they're not the guys that look like me at the Safeway. These are real guys. These are real security. This guy's a black ops operator. He's buff. He's big. Guy looks a little Middle Eastern, tatted up. You know, scary. And my friend's walking up, and he's like, oh, boy. And the guy was just as nice as he could be. He said, yeah, my daughter said she didn't get her coffee today. I'm going to bring, I brought her coffee. Man, what an awesome dad you are. And just as real nice, he said, I didn't get my coffee either. And besides that, I got this sinus and cold. And Yeah, I know what she's going through a little bit. So he gave his daughter a coffee. He's walking away. And the Holy Spirit said, 
you need to go get him a coffee and some cold medication. So he goes back home. He tells his precious wife. And she says, yeah, that's exactly, that's God. So they made him a coffee. She put together a bag of cold medication. He takes it back. Blew the guy away. Just blew him away. And he said, Pastor, you got to read. He asked his daughter, the, the, black, the security guy asked his daughter, can you give me his email address? I want to send him an email and thank him. So he showed me the email. And the guy told his story. He says, you don't know me, but I was born in this war-torn country. My mother was, you know, a teenager. She risked her life and my life to get us out of there. We've had a very difficult, I had a very difficult childhood. Joined the Army, joined Special Forces, got in black ops. And I, can, I have to tell you, I've done things, I can't tell you what I've done, but they're horrible. Horrible things. But one thing, no one has ever shown me the unconditional kindness that you did. And I just want to tell you, you changed my life. And my friend's looking at me, he's all teared up. He's like, I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> this was like Thursday. He got the email that night. I said, you got to answer him. He says, I don't know what to say. I said, it's all right. I'm a pastor. I know what to say. <laughs> I said, you just write him back. And you say, I don't know what you think about God. But he thinks a lot about you. Because this was not me. This was him. He loves you. He cares for you. And if you ever want to know more about him, just ask. I'll be glad. You see, I looked at my friend and I said, is that purpose? He says, absolutely. Is that fulfilling? He says, more than you'll ever know. I said, did you have to write a check? He said, no. Was it a big thing? No. Was it a powerful thing? Yes. That's how, that's how it works. It's not the big. It's the little. Ah. I got scripture that says that, that in, in when you're reading that, 14 and 15, it says that your joy, I'm telling you this so your joy will be complete. You're not going to find happiness without fulfillment. You're not going to be fulfilled unless you fulfill God's purpose. And he said the way to do that, instead of reading all the scriptures, I'm just paraphrasing, the way to do that is to obey my commands. And this is my command. Pay attention. Love one another. Even as I have loved you, love one another. Why was that so significant that my friend did? Because he was loving someone. It's not, it's not the big. It's the little. 
That's what separates us. Let me, I'm not going to read all this scripture either. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm trying to finish. Here's, here's a verse. There's a story where Jesus gets in the boat. They're going across the Sea of Galilee, and a big storm comes up. Well, Steve, Jesus is exhausted, the Bible says. He's asleep in the boat. The storm, they said the waves were, I mean, he's, these are fishermen. These are not landlubbers. And they said, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. This was a big storm. And Jesus got up, stood up in the middle of the boat, and declared peace. And the winds stopped, and the waves stopped. And all of a sudden, the disciples looked at each other and said, What kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, here's the dilemma. I have heard all the sermons on that. I have read it hundreds and hundreds of times. And God keeps saying there's more. There's something here for you. And you're not seeing it. Well, God. You want me to stand up and calm the storms? I mean, Pat Robertson did that one time, and he was so, it was so weird. Because <laughs> the storm went somewhere else and destroyed somebody else. He didn't calm it. It just went somewhere else. And God said, that's not it. Keep digging. Sometimes he gives you something to chew on and you just have to keep chewing. Well, in the mountain where we live, you won't see any mailboxes. The reason you don't see mailboxes is because they don't deliver mail to our house. We have to go to the post office. We have a post office box to get our mail. So every day we have to go down and it's a great place to meet all your neighbors because everybody else is doing the same thing. And so we went down the end of the day to get our mail and I needed to stop at the market. And so I was about to pull into the market. And this lady was coming out of the parking lot. But she had taken a bad angle and she blocked the driveway entrance. So I'm stuck in traffic. And, and I was cool. But she wasn't. This lady was so angry. Have you ever run into someone that just... They lose it over nothing. She was absolutely so angry. She looked at me and Karen like we were demonic and she was rabid and wanting to. I mean, you know, if, if looks could kill, we would both be dead. And my, my, my default is to throw my hands up and say, what the heck? But I didn't do it that time. I was so shocked, I just looked at the lady, and I smiled. I just smiled. And it was, it was amazing. Immediately, everything changed. And I got the prettiest smile back. And I looked at Karen, and I said, did you see that? She said, yes, that was powerful. All of a sudden, the lights went on. Bang! God said, that's what I'm talking about. You stood in the middle of the storm 
and declared peace. Oh. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, everything started to click. I can do that. The way maker can make a way. I thought back to when, you know, we always like to hike. And we've always hiked. And when our kids were little, we went on this long hike, too long for little kids. My oldest daughter was about seven. My son was four. And my baby girl was two. Well, we went on this like three and a half mile hike. And the baby girl was on my shoulder. So she was fine. My oldest daughter was fine. My four-year-old son was not so good. He was good for three miles but it was three miles out. We, we had three miles back, and he was done. I mean, he was, he was done, and I didn't know what to do. He was crying and whining, and I can't, my daddy, I can't carry you. I got Marcy. Mama, I can't carry you. You're too big. And then an angel of the Lord appeared. He was in the form of another hiker coming down. And he looked at my son. He said, man, you look like you could use an energy pill. (laughs) And he reached into his backpack and pulled out this little snack bag of M&M's. He opened it up and said, here, get an energy pill. He grabbed an M&M smiled he closed the bag up handed it to my son he said whenever you get tired just reach in there and get you an energy pill everything changed every it was I mean he changed the atmosphere he changed the environment a disaster turned into a great outing I'm sharing this story with one of the men I meet with who's going through a really ugly divorce. And and I knew his background. I knew I was telling him for a reason, but I wasn't, you know, it's better to let them see it than for you to try to show it to them. But he saw it. He started tearing up. I knew he had an anger issue. He works, he has a business in downtown, lives in Pomona. He has that commute every day. That is no fun. And he had uh, had already told me I did his wedding, but his wife was not a really great housekeeper. And they had three little kids. And many days, he would come home to chaos. The house is a mess. Kids are going nuts and no dinner. And he said, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be getting a divorce if I'd have known what you just said. I could have calmed that storm, but I didn't. Instead of taking a category one storm, I made it a category five. I added to it instead of calming it. This is a big deal, guys. 
God's called us to be a peacemaker. That's one of the things he's called us to do. There's four applications. One, we've got to know him. We've got to know him. Two, we got to make sure we understand this is not about building my kingdom. It's about building his kingdom. Now, let me tell you something. This is not easy, but I'm going to tell you. Too many times people get tripped up on God's purpose because they can see how building his kingdom can build their kingdom. Unfortunately, most of us have had experience with churches that were more interested in building their kingdom than building his kingdom. But it goes deeper than that. It's individuals. We do the same thing. If we stop looking at what we can get out of it to what I can give, said God's going to give it back to you. That's what the scripture for giving was tonight, today, Ronnie shared. Give and it shall be given unto you. If we can just learn to listen to the small things. Two days ago, we went to the grocery. There was a lady sitting outside with all these bags of groceries looking like she was waiting for a ride. And my wife said, if she's still there when we come out, I'm, we're going to give her a ride. Okay. When we come out, she was gone. Up on the mountain, we have something called the transit bus. So I, you know, we didn't know that, but I assumed that was what happened. We were driving around Arrowhead Lake and we got to the other side and there she was dragging her bags up a hill we got to give her a ride. So we stopped, and her arms were almost cut. The bags were heavy, and she's trying to drag them up a steep hill. We just throwed them in her car, throwed her in, not throw her, we got her in. <laughs> and we took her up, and then she's got an apartment. She's got three or four flights of stairs. I grab all her stuff, take it up. I don't know what difference it made. But I know this. God said, well done. Well done. That's all we want to hear, isn't it? Just bow your head. Father, we just thank you. For you are so faithful. And your call to us is simple. But it is not easy. Your call to us is to love, to love everybody always. And God, that's how we reflect you. That's how we obey you. That's how we fulfill your purpose. And God, we thank you for giving us eyes to see what we need to see, giving us wisdom to understand what you're speaking to hear and understand what you're saying and then give us the courage to do all you've called us to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.
Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.